Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for all sports.com. This is Jeff, one of your podcast co-hosts, and you can follow me on Twitter at TalkingACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at ASD underscore Hokey Smash. I'll turn it over to our podcast moderator, Matthew, as we welcome our podcast guest. And I don't uh, I don't see Matthew um, on just yet, but I do see you, Rocco. Hey, what's up, Jeff? Hey, how you doing? Glad we got you on. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. I, oh, uh, I had never used this before, but I, it's all going to work from now on. So I'm uh, thanks for your patience. Oh no! I'm, thanks for being patient with uh, with us. No problem at all. Uh, tonight we've got a brand new guest on the show, Rocco Miller, uh, college hoops bracketologist and analyst. Um, always keeps track of the college basketball schedules, real time stuff here throughout the year. Uh, USBWA member uh, looks at Husky football, bracketology, <laughs> college basketball. Uh, you can find him at bracketeer.org forward slash bracket. And you can follow Rocco on Twitter at RoccoMiller8. Um, all right, Rocco, tell us about yourself. We've got a lot of new listeners on the show. Um, plug anything you want. Tell us any anything you're blogging on right now. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jeff. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Um, so yeah, I'm Rocco Miller. I'm based out of the Bay Area uh, these days, uh, originally from Seattle. Um, but I've had a long life of uh, following college basketball. It's uh, near and dear to my heart in terms of the greatest sporting event of the year, which is the NCAA tournament. I think we can all agree on that. Um, you know, when I was growing up, <clears throat> we, we were lucky in Seattle because we used to have the kingdom where um, both the Mariners of, of uh, the MLB and the Seahawks of the NFL played, shared that big dome, and we hosted the Final Four uh, back in 95 and even earlier uh, in 89. Um, and in 93 and in other years, we, we hosted the um, Elite Eight and Sweet 16. So we had um, so many amazing um, chances to be around college basketball, uh, you know, growing up and whatnot. So um, I'll never forget the Fab Five team. Um, 93, we all remember, I think, uh, Chris Weber calling the timeout when Michigan didn't have any. And uh, <laughs> um, that what ended up happening actually earlier in that tournament um, was an overtime game against Temple in the Elite Eight that a lot of, a lot of people forgot about. They didn't even talk about it in the uh, Fab Five 30 for 30. Uh, but that game happened. It was one of the greatest games um, I've ever been to still uh, all these years later. And um, Temple easily could have won that game, and, and that moment would have never happened should they have won. Um, but that's just a small sample size. Um, just always been obsessed with the amount of teams in the sport. Um, obviously, that number just keeps growing and growing. This year, we're at 363. Um, I love all the data uh, associated with that. More importantly, I love the game of basketball. Um, and so I just love digging into the details, and I'm fascinated by the process of um, now, nowadays it's 12 people. It's always been at least eight, uh, getting into a room, trying to figure out, uh, you know, how do you compare a team from conference USA to a team from Mountain West to a team from the big 12? Um, and how do you seed them and how do you select them? 
Um, so I've been obsessed with that process for well over uh, probably two decades now, um, quite honestly. Uh, but when Twitter started in 2010, it's been like 13 years, um, I put all that stuff in the public. I used to just do it by hand for fun, uh, inspired by Joe Lenardi, who we all know uh, started Bracketology and the concept of that and branded it uh, in the late 90s. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it's always been my goal to figure out ways to be more accurate than Joe, just as somebody to compete against. And little did I know by 2023, we would have over 200 people doing what I do. And, uh, you know, thousands of people interested, but probably tens of thousands of people interested. And um, it's also just a great way uh, when you look at it through the lens that I do to learn about all 32 leagues. And I take a lot of pride in that. Um, and so I'm, I'm very excited to talk to you guys a little bit about the ACC today. All right. And we're looking forward uh, to hearing your thoughts on the ACC. Uh, with that said, we've got the podcast moderator, Matthew. He's here now. Matthew, I'm going to turn it over to you um, as we continue on the podcast. Rocco, we're thrilled to have you on. This has been a long time coming. We've been a fan of your work for several, year, for several years. Uh, I want to I ask you real quickly, is there anything that you want to plug yeah, sure. Uh, you know, my website bracket2.org is my is my uh, baby. Like it's been been around now seven eight years. Um, it's a vehicle for not only information about the NCAA tournament and how bracketology works and maybe some of the things the committee are discussing, but it's also designed to be an educational place. So if anybody's curious about the process or uh, the why behind the teams you see uh, in the forecasts, um, I really try to dig into that as much as I can. Uh, they're at the site. We also um, do our best to put up articles, um, you know, throughout the regular season on uh, untold stories. Uh, we, we love to highlight teams that are not getting talked about enough. Um, a lot of times that ends up being mid-major, but other times it can be a major program as well. Um, so anyway, and then all, all off-season long, it's a great spot. Uh, I would definitely bookmark it for the off-season for non-conference schedules. Um, I'm, I'm helping a lot of schools behind the scenes um, get matched up for games. And so a lot of times I'll be one of the first people you'll hear about a matchup from. And um, so that, that's a really good resource to go see if, if um, a team's done with their schedule or if they still got some open dates, that type of thing. And so, so that's, that's always been the baby. Um, you know, now that we're in the heart of bracketology season, we got a week to go till selection Sunday, one week from today, we'll all have the final bracket in our hand. So this season has fl flown by. Uh, but I will be, you know, I, I've been part of Field of 68 for a couple of years now. We have shows on Mondays and Fridays most weeks. We're also going to have a Selection Sunday special that I'll be on. So if you want to check that out, um, I'm, I'm sure everybody knows how to find Field of 68 these days. But, uh, yeah, there's a YouTube channel and they're, they're really big on Twitter. So Yeah, I was about to say that. I mean, you've taken off. You have been all over the, pl all over the place, all over the Internet. And so we're, like I said, we're thrilled to have you on on the show tonight So because we've been – fans of your work for several several years uh, we're all big college fast basketball fans especially here in acc country so with that, that said yes let's talk about the acc tournament man i mean it is in greensboro there's a lot of people that are extremely happy that it's back in greensboro what are your thoughts about thoughts about it sort of i i would say returning home yeah, that's cool. Um, I, you know, I've done my best to get engulfed in the history of that. Um, I know when um, the 2020 year happened, right? Uh, it was supposed to be in Greensboro. They were in Greensboro. And I'll never forget that moment when 
Um, they canceled the game. And I think about a half hour later, maybe it was an hour later, they did do a trophy ceremony for Florida State uh, right there in Greensboro on the court. Um, basically just awarded them the trophy. I think at that point, the writing was on the wall that there would not be any games played. And obviously, we kind of saw where that was heading with no NCAA tournament either. Um, just an unforgettable day for college basketball fans. And uh, of course, that taking place in Greensboro. Um, I think shortly after that, the ACC themselves put together this really long series of behind the scenes, what went down uh, during that time, some of the you know decisions the commissioner had to make. I found that pretty fascinating. Um, there was a lot of people talking highly about how important Greensboro is to the ACC in particular and the background of all of the ACC tournaments. I remember watching guys like Randolph Childress and Tim Duncan and all, all those guys playing Greensboro uh, growing up. So, yeah, I mean, I've been I'm a nostalgic um, historian on some levels. And, and so um, I finally made it out to Greensboro actually just last month. Um, I did the Wake Forest game with um, North Carolina. And the next day I drove to Greensboro um, and had a couple hours to just drive by the arena and take some pictures. I actually went in there and um took some pictures as well so um didn't get to see a game there but it was cool to at least know where it is kind of see the surrounding area and just visualize what it might be like <laughs> during acc tournament week and of course a week from now they'll they'll host the ncaa tournament so it's going to be an amazing uh two-week stretch for that city De definitely definitely so man let's let's get right to it Who's an unexpected team that could make a run in the ACC tournament? And is there a bubble team that could really help itself? And I have a, I have a, a feeling what you may, uh, what you may say for both of these questions, the floor is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, one thing I like to start with um, in these types of scenarios is you always want to look at, you know, who's played well in conference play. The ACC is a, a lion of a conference these days with 15 teams. So everybody's playing unbalanced schedules. Um, some, some teams much weaker schedules than others, you know, Duke and Carolina, for example, uh, they'll get the harder teams twice because they get spotlighted on TV all the time. Um, other teams fly under the radar, like Pittsburgh might not only, it might only play some of those teams once. Right. So, <laughs> um, I, you know, I love, I love to dig into the analytics. So the best three defenses in the league for conference only play were Virginia, Clemson, and Carolina. Uh, the best three offenses were Miami, Pitt, and Wake. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I think you can get hot in a place like Greensboro. We've seen teams do that uh, out of nowhere. Um, and, I, you know, so from the defensive standpoint first, you know, Clemson's a team that I think has to win the whole thing to get in. I know uh, they're still listed in the bubble picture. I probably have them about eighth or ninth out of the field. Um, you could argue anywhere up to fourth or fifth out, but I think everybody's in agreement that they're out going into this thing. Uh, the key for Clemson is that they've got the double buy. Um, so they are uh, just three wins away from cutting down the nets. Not many teams in the country that aren't in the tournament uh, in a power conference are in this position. So Clemson has the opportunity um, and, and not a bad bracket either. You know, you look at Clemson's draw, they'll get the winner of NC State or VTech slash Notre Dame, who's playing even earlier in the week. Um, and so, you know, certainly not insurmountable challenge with any of those three. Um, and then, you know, Virginia is a team they've had some success with as well. So, that, you know, Clemson, or they could play North Carolina if they get to a semi. So I think Clemson's kind of the obvious um, choice of the teams that aren't in the field already. Uh, Carolina themselves, of course, uh, with that loss to Duke, probably on the outside looking in. That's where I would have them right now. 
Um, uh, always a threat to win this. I don't think that's much of a sleeper. Uh, they have probably the most talent, if not the second most talent, uh, on any roster. And, um, you know, this is their last chance. So we'll see if they can make a run. And then I think the um, maybe deeper sleeper I'm looking at is perhaps Wake. Uh, I, I, lo I love Steve Forbes. I'm a, I'm a huge Steve Forbes guy. It's kind of part of the reason why I went out there to get one of their games this year. Um, but, you know, their defense has just been so poor. Um, it, it kills them every time they're in a big situation. Uh, they had they had the at-large thing right there in front of them a couple weeks ago with road games at Miami and at NC State. They they just couldn't get any stops in either game. That doesn't give me many, much faith for them to make the run. Uh, and Monsanto's injury and all of that, that, that probably kills them. Uh, I really wanted to pick them, but I it, it's just not realistic, I don't think. Um, so, the, so the deep sleeper, I would go with Matthews Hokies. Uh, but the chances of somebody going five wins in five days is super un un unrealistic. I, I could just yes. I could literally see Virginia Tech getting to Friday. Um, after that, they might be out of gas. But but the matchups are actually pretty good for them. Uh, I like I like to hear that. I like to hear that. The wor the worst that I can say right is that Virginia Tech will be on the road. Is uh, I mean I, we all joke about this, Rocco, but. I, in my in my in my in my in my my thoughts here, I kind of think that Virginia Tech will be on the road playing VCU in the first round of the NIT, and that would be a good um, you know that'd be a good place to land as the eleventh place ACC team to still be able to get into the NIT. A lot of those spots are getting full already. We saw uh, just before we joined the show today, Eastern Washington just lost, so they're in the NIT. Uh, we had Southern Miss yesterday. Um, there was another one today, so. NIT bids are going to be tough to find, it's looking like, so far. Definitely, definitely. Just extremely good answers, a great analysis. And we, like I said, we love having you on this podcast. Jeff, you're up. Right. All right. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, Rocco, let's go on the flip side here. Um, who's going to disappoint in the ACC tournament? <laughs> Somebody for sure. Um, I, I, at least one team. You know, I think, I think Carolina's got all the pressure in the world on them, and I think this goes one of two ways. They either fall on their face right away against Boston College, and I could totally see that because Boston College is not the kind of team you want to play if you're North Carolina, uh, especially in your first game. You know, Boston College will be able to grease the skids a little bit in the first first round against Louisville. I'm, ex you know, I think we all expect BC to get by them. Um, they're, they're not talented enough, I guess, to, to just look past Louisville, but I think we would all pick BC and BC is feisty with everybody. Um, we saw them really take it to Virginia just two weeks ago, uh, in a surprise. And, um, they're the kind of team that would just uh, annoy North Carolina to the point where maybe they could get them, um, especially in that first day, um, for Carolina at least and, and BC having, you know, a game under their belt. Um, so that, that's the first one I look at. Um, but maybe if Carolina gets by that, they're ready to really take on Virginia and that will get their attention and be prepared. Um, uh, outside of that, I think, um, you know, Clemson themselves, even though they are, are in a really good spot, you know, if they get knocked off by a VTech or an NC State, um, that would be a huge disappointment for them. Um, and, and we'll get into the coach hot seat stuff, I think, later. So I'll save that. But um, NC State as well, that's the third team I'll mention because NC State right now, um, they've got a gap in their resume um, that's really starting to show its ugly head uh, late. They've got three big wins, um, you know, beating Miami at home, beating Duke at home, 
and they've got a third win against the field at home. But the problem for NC State in terms of getting selected is they don't have that great of a road win. Um, their best road wins are Virginia Tech and Wake, which are solid for ACC level. But for NCAA tournament level, they have not won a road game against an NCAA team. And the resume is um, getting to the point, especially with that blowout home loss to Clemson late. Um, they're now seven and eight against the top two quadrants, and they have a non-conference strength of schedule in the t- near 250. Um, and, you know, two two questionable losses, that Clemson home loss, a loss at Syracuse falls in the bottom half of the quad two. So really not a terrible loss anywhere. Um, but we saw a profile, and I keep bringing this up. I got out of, out of four days of uh, mock committee meetings here over the weekend. Um, so this is all fresh on the mind. But they, they have a profile that reminds me of 2019 TCU. Uh, that was a TCU team that had um, been selected by 99% of the bracket matrix, including me. Um, and the committee didn't take them. And a big reason why is they just didn't have enough oomph on the road. And, um, you know, they were under 500 in a lot of these categories. And that's where NC State is. So if NC State, uh, just going back to the bracket, um, falls in this situation to Virginia Tech, and certainly if they fell to Notre Dame, uh, they're going to be on pins and needles. Uh, they probably will be on pins and needles no matter what. That will just uh, probably be no sleep for four nights if you're an NC State diehard. So <clears throat> they've got the most to lose, and, and they would definitely be appearing as a team that choked with everything on the line if, if that happened. All right. Um, we're going to play what we call win game, lose game here. We want to run through the ACC tournament brackets uh, with you, Rocco, and, and have you tell us who wins. And, you know, what what's so kind of crazy about this year's ACC tournament, I think, as I mean, you've, you know, one through one through six, one through seven, you know, you, you've got the locks in the NCAA tournament, Miami, Duke, and Virginia for sure. But after that, you've got four teams, you know, playing for anywhere from, I would say, at least two, uh, playing for at least two spots, maybe more. But then you have a back half of, of the bracket of the double-digit seeds who have these atrocious <laughs> computer numbers but all have proven over the course of the season that on a given night, they can knock off an NCAA caliber team. I mean, we just saw Florida State beat Miami. Um, Georgia Tech has a win over Miami. Uh, BC beat Clemson at home. Louisville beat Clemson at home. Um, We've seen Virginia Tech has a couple of wins over NCAA caliber teams. We know Notre Dame just beat Pittsburgh. And any of these bubble teams – I think were to take a loss to one of those, you know, 10 and up seeds, maybe with the exception of Virginia Tech's whose, whose numbers aren't quite so bad, but you lose to any of the others whose, whose nets are well over a hundred. I mean, you're taking like a, 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 a loss. that's going to probably, it's going to wreck your, your computer metric. And, and so, I mean, if there's any upset coming from deep in the bracket, like a Boston college, like you said, or, or, or a Georgia Tech team who's who's really played well the last three um, three weeks. I mean, they could they could take a team right off of the bubble and out of the tournament. So I'm going to be really intrigued to see if you've got any upsets uh, in this bracket. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel like I could see a bunch of these teams going two different directions, and it really depends on how they start their first game. 
Um, you know, I already mentioned that about Carolina, but I, I would say from a bubble standpoint, just so we're uh, level set, you know, NC State would be right now for me, uh, unless there's a, a big swing by tomorrow morning when I do one more run through, um, they would be in Dayton uh, in the first four. Um, the fourth, they would be the, four, the fourth team above the cutoff line. So out of the four Dayton teams, the safest per se. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that's so close to where you get bid stealers from like Conference USA or the American or even here in the ACC. That could be the, any, any of those leagues could take the Wolfpack spot. Um, and so they're not, they're, they're not very far in. And then you've got North Carolina. I had them as the last team in on Friday, clearly a home loss to Duke. Um, they were passed up by a couple teams. So they're probably somewhere around the second or third team out, uh, going in to this thing. So they're right there in Bubbleville and Clemson. You can still look at, but re re reality tells us, especially what the committee's done the last couple of years, they're going to be wrapped up with most of their work by Saturday morning and Clemson's not going to get an elite win. Um, until maybe Friday night against Virginia. But um, even then, Virginia's net's not very good. So uh, compared to where they are, you know, in the in the seed list rankings, where they're 16th, they're in the 30s in the net. So I just don't know if that's going to be enough to co convince the committee to put Clemson in. I think Clemson needs to enter this thinking they have to win it all. So that's that's where I look at the bubble picture as a whole. In terms of the picks, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's tricky. Uh, I think on day one, um, I'm clear that I'm going to probably go Florida State. And that's tough because um, the Florida State Georgia Tech opener is you got Florida State in a situation where, you know, there's some swirling rumors. Maybe Hamilton steps down on his own accord or retires um, at the end of this tournament. That That's a, a possibility. We'll see if that's true or not. Obviously, Georgia Tech, major hot seat situation with Passner. I feel like the loser of this immediately uh, faces that music. Um, and you mentioned Georgia Tech playing well down the stretch. That could carry over. Um, uh, for whatever reason, I, my gut's telling me Florida State, maybe just because they hit that buzzer to beat Miami, but maybe that made their season and they're done. So that's a tough decision. I'll, I'll take Florida State for now. Um, I got BC over Louisville. I said that earlier. And VTech, Notre Dame's another interesting one because – you know, is Notre Dame satisfied with that win over Pitt and taking, you know, Jamison shots with Mike Bray at the linebacker after the game? Or do they want to go do more for Mike Bray here in Greensboro? Um, to me, it kind of looks like that was the kumbaya moment and they're done. But you could also see if they win this first one, they're like, hey, why not? We're here. Let's go win some more. Um, but for now, I'll take Virginia Tech and Matthews Hokies. Um, you know, and we'll get into so, so the next round. Uh, Syracuse and Wake just played each other. Uh, I, I do. Th I will pick Wake to win that. That again, if that does happen, um, Bayheim's in that situation where he's going to be under the microscope immediately. It's, whenever Syracuse loses, that's that's coming. Uh, so that's that's going to be fascinating. Um, I think Pitt's really really solid. I'm impressed with Pitt this year. I don't think they have a problem with either Florida State or G Tech. So Pitt moves on. And then Carolina taking on uh, BC. We've talked about it already. You know, in my initial gut, I'm, I'm taking BC. But um, if Carolina wins it, like like I said before, if Carolina wins it, I could see them going very far. They just got to get that first win under the belt. Sometimes that's the toughest win. Um, if you watch the Missouri Valley Conference by any chance, Drake had a really tough first game. And after that, they steamrolled everybody and won it. Um, Carolina could get on a roll like that. So, 
look at looking at that very closely. And then the NC State situation will be pins and needles um, for for them. And uh, I, I'm going to take the Hokies to knock them off and and make them even more on pins and needles. So I don't know. Do you want to pause there? Do you want me to just roll all the way through? Hey, you're on a roll, Rocco. Just just keep keep going. I'm 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 just loving this. All right, cool. Um, so Miami, d- dominant team, super athletic. Not going to pick against them. Wake Forest, last time they played two weeks ago, couldn't get stops. Um, OMEA, all those guys, just super impressed by them. Miami's um, going to get to the semis at least. Then you got Duke playing Pitt in the Jeff Capel game. Um, you know, Pitt had a tough time matching up with Duke last time. Uh, that game was at Duke, lost by eight. Um, yeah, I'd like to take Pitt, but uh, Duke's going to have all the advantages in Greensboro. Uh, and I think Pitt's done enough. Um, I, I'm just going to take Duke. I think it's going to be a good game. I think Pitt will fight them hard, but Duke wins by, I don't know, five or so um, down to the down to the wire, but they pull it out. And then Virginia, a team that's not playing well uh, by any means the last few weeks, um, taking on Boston College here in my bracket. Um, you know, I think Boston College gives them fits again. I, I don't think I could pick Boston College another round realistically, um, but we've seen crazier things happen during championship championship week. I'll, I'll stick with the Who's to, to get through. Uh, and then in the next game, we got an interesting one with Clemson and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech style, you know, winning, shooting the three the way they do. Uh, I think they're okay trying to win a third game in three days here. Um, Clemson with some maybe pressure, maybe no pressure. You know, Brad, Brad Brownell does not have a contract extension. So, you know, they might be playing this tournament for his job. He's been on the hot seat for like nine straight years, but it seems to do better when he's on the hot seat. Um, I'll digress from that and say uh, I'm taking Virginia Tech. And so <clears throat> that gives us an interesting semifinal with Miami Duke, basically the teams you would expect at the top. Uh, but Virginia, Virginia Tech, you know, a little bit more interesting second semifinal. Um, you know, Miami Duke split during the regular season. The game at Duke, I thought Miami outplayed them anyway. Miami's the better matchup here. Uh, but Duke's going to play in Greensboro. And just based on the fact that uh, they'll, they'll have that edge, and Miami's already achieved the regular season title. Um, you know, a lot of times in different leagues, especially power leagues, when you win the regular season title, you don't have a lot on as much on the line in the conference tournament. You're already going to the NCAAs. You let your guard down a little bit. Um, I could definitely see that with this Miami team. You know, Duke wants to achieve a little bit more. They didn't play very well on the road all year. Uh, these are not road games, but uh, I would say that they're going to they're gonna really step up in this situation to, to take something away from this season. Um, so I'm going to just go, it's just a gut thing there because it is Duke and they have a lot of talent and this is their time to shine. Uh, so Duke to the finals. Uh, I know it's kind of boring, but uh, we'll get to the second semifinal next. That's the Virginia, Virginia Tech heated rivalry. Um, you know, again, it's another one Virginia Tech can win. Um, it really is. But in reality, history and data tells us that getting to your fourth day in a row, um, you know, they might go cold for about 10 minutes and that could be enough for Virginia to suffocate them. Um, so I'm just going to reluctantly take Virginia. Um, before we get to the championship game, which will be Duke, Virginia here, I will say if, um, if I'm wrong on that Carolina BC pick way back in the Wednesday games, uh, Carolina could easily steamroll through this second half of the bracket. Um, so anyway, just keep that in mind. That would not shock me. Uh, so Duke, Virginia in the final, 
again, this is where I think Virginia's warts will really show, um, much like they did two weeks ago. And I think Duke would win, win that championship game comfortably. And if Miami gets there, I think Miami wins it comfortably as well. All right. Very good, Rocco. I, great breakdown of the ACC tournament. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now for the last couple questions in the podcast. Definitely. Rocco, you've been awesome for us. And you know what? And I, I love what you're saying about Virginia Tech. I hope I hope it comes true. Rocco, you've been you you watch this much more than me. I'll just ask you a brief question, a homer question about Virginia Tech. It seems to me that if Virginia Tech could get an equally good night from its guards and its post players, it could make a substantial run. But I've been hard pressed to see many games where that happens at the same time this year. And so, part par, you know, pardon me for being a little less optimistic. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, and some of the optimism comes from the opponents they'll be playing, uh, not playing well right now, uh, versus VTech themselves. You know, they've been, uh, you know, with with, uh, with Hunter Couture, you know, back almost to his regular self. Um, he's had some decent games here and there. Uh, I, you know, it, it's it's interesting. I, I've I've really liked this team in the in the non conference part of the season. Played a great. Charleston Classic Tournament, for example, that that championship game could have gone either way. Um, you know, you've you've dealt with the injury issues. Uh, Grant Basili, I think he's a little bit of a liability defensively. I think that's what you're alluding to there. Um, but you know, when you got a team that shoots as shoots it as well as they do, they're top seventy in threes. They're top thirty almost in the effective field goal percentage. They don't turn the ball over. Um, you know, they can use a lot of different light, lineup combos. That's the kind of stuff you need to get through a conference tournament run. Um, you need to be able to match up with different styles and, and, and paces. Um, and, you know, Virginia Tech themselves, they like to go at an average tempo. You know, I think they're 214th in tempo right now. So, again, I think uh, it, it, some of it, some of the prediction is more about the, uh, the opponents, like I said. And Virginia Tech's got nothing to lose in this thing. So but they might as well out. just go out there. <laughs> Yeah, and they're the defending. They're the defending champions too. So why not? Oh, I love hearing that phrase. Okay, okay. So here we go, man. Put you on the spot today. How many ACC teams will make the uh, the NCAA's? Um, I'm sorry, the NCAA tournament. Yes, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, how many ACC yeah, tournaments will? How many ACC teams will make the NCAA tournament? Right. So right now, I think there's a pretty clear uh, five in there. Um, and maybe you could call it four and a half with NC State penciled in for Dayton. Um, so if you want to do the locks thing, I'll tell you Miami, Duke, and Virginia really clearly locks. So three for sure. Pittsburgh's been near the bubble, but I'm, you know, me and a lot of the other bracketologists I've been in communication with throughout the week, um, we're all in agreement that Pittsburgh's got a really solid resume. Um, I really can't foresee them falling out at all. In fact, I like them versus most of the bubble. Um, so. Pittsburgh's a really solid fourth. And then, you know, NC State is not guaranteed. But right now, that's the fifth. Carolina might need to win this whole thing. They definitely need to win probably at least two games. Um, they have to at least get to Friday to even really get back into the discussion. Um, so f five's the safe answer. An upside of, of six if, um, you, you know, here's the hard part. Like, if Clemson wins the whole thing, they're probably there's a really good chance they're going to steal NC State's bid, 
So it's kind of going to be like swapping Clemson in for NC State, except for if Clemson wins it, they don't have to go to Dayton. Um, so that's the problem because they're in the same bracket. Um, if anybody else wins it, like maybe Wake Forest or Syracuse, you know, then you can maybe get six. But that's going to be almost impossible because you need Carolina to go on a run too. So um, five's the safe answer, and five's probably the final answer, uh, barring an NC State tragedy and, um, you know, one of the prime teams winning it, like a Miami Duke or Virginia. Excellent answer. Excellent answer. We're going to transition to open microphone time. And Rocco is, uh, Rocco is part of my open microphone. I'm going to ask you a question. ACC coaches hot seat. Give us your top. Give us your top five here. Where, where where are we sitting at with the ACC coaches hot seat here at the end of at the end of the twenty twenty three? Yeah, this is awesome. I'm so glad that you guys asked. So, you know, the hot seat can be broken up in a few different ways in the ACC right now. So you've got uh, we we already have the Notre Dame job open. We already know that. So I'm not going to count that towards the. Uh, towards the five, but as we talk about Notre Dame, you know, a guy to look out for that I'm hearing is Chris Holtman from Ohio State. They're obviously going through um, a, a, a weird patch where they had some injuries and losing a ton of Big Ten games, playing a little bit better here at the end, but they're they're not going anywhere. Um, and the the pressure at Ohio State is getting hot, um, so it could be a parachute move. Parachute shoot for those not familiar is a term that has become popular in the coaching carousel uh, in recent years. Guys like Shaka Smart parachuting to uh, from Texas to Marquette without officially being fired. Um, you know, Mike White doing the same thing from Florida to Georgia, just as examples. Uh, that That's a strong rumor, but Notre Dame's got all sorts of options, so we'll see how that plays out. But in that same category, I would I'd list two other guys, and not necessarily hot seat, but just guys that are maybe be asked to retire or retire on their own. And that would be maybe Leonard Hamilton, who I mentioned from Florida State, or of course Jim Beheim at Syracuse. We've had that conversation for two decades. Um, this year seems to be a little bit more heat on him than than I've seen before. So we'll see if that makes a difference. Um, so those two guys in the more retirement category. Um, the next, Josh Pastner, I think is the obvious one. Um, I think a lot of people in the industry think that job will open, um, despite Georgia Tech playing better down the stretch. You know, they're, they're way out of bounds in terms of what they hope to do this year. Um, and the record's not good. And uh, he's now two years away, f- removed from the welding mask uh, ACC championship of uh, 2021. Um, and so, and last year was a disappointment too. So I guess that's where it's coming from. Uh, Clemson, we mentioned a little bit. It's uh, Brad Brownell uh, on the hot seat uh, 9.0. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they did not extend him. So, uh, again, it's looking for all intents and purposes that they will not make the tournament. That could be enough to to get rid of him. Uh, I think Brunell is a great coach, um, and I've always thought that. And every time he gets in this situation, he, he they play so well that they can't get rid of him. Um, but definitely have to monitor it. It's, the, the seat is hot. Um, another one that's a little bit of a wild card, um, I think he might have done enough late here down the stretch to say uh, to, to kind of avoid this. But Kenny Payne at Louisville, it's only his first year. Uh, obviously, Louisville basketball never wants to be anywhere near the 300s in, in rankings. Um, you know, he had a chance to get a lot of high-level point guards um, in the transfer portal, did not land any of them, and they suffered dearly all year. 
Um, played a little bit better down the stretch, and maybe and he's a he's a guy that's well regarded in Louisville circles. He probably stays, but uh, you know you, you couldn't call it a shock if they just decided to move on after one year. Um, and then the last one, this is the the wild card here, is NC State. Uh, Keats before the Kevin Keats was on the hot seat before the year started. For most of the year, it's looked like that won't be an issue that they will get in. Uh, obviously, that late result against Clemson and another loss um, has them maybe you know if there's a couple bid steals in other conferences or uh, circumstances out of NC State's control and they lose early in the ACC, they could end up in the NIT. I think I think if they end up in the NIT somehow, um, you know I would give it about a twenty percent chance right now, but there's a chance. Um, he could find himself uh, going to another job next year. So I, I think I listed more than five, but those are the ones to watch. That is extremely comprehensive, and I have no follow-up questions because you you cut you almost read my you read my mind there pretty well pretty well, Rocco. Rocco, what do you have for your open microphone segment? Anything under the floor that you want? Anything under the floor? Anything under the sky? Anything under the sunlight? Anything under the stars that you want to talk about? I was kind of curious who you guys are picking to win this thing. You know, so you're talking about the ACC tournament. I tell the you, ACC tournament. Yeah. <laughs> I feel good about Miami making the stretch run because I think that they have the best guard play in the ACC, and I think that that means a lot for March. And it's hard for it's hard for AC. It's it's just hard for teams to match up when you have that level of experience and depth that Miami does at that position. That's, that's my opinion. That's my opinion, Rocco. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning where, where you guys have, have been that the, the winner of that Miami Duke game is probably going to win the, the tournament. And for the reasons, you know, like you said, Matthew, the guard play at Miami. I mean, when they when they put a full forty minutes in, you know, not kind of like the the Florida State game or, or or the late game when they lost to Georgia Tech. You know, when they when they keep up at the level that they can play at, I I, I don't think that hardly anyone in the ACC can touch it. Um, I mean, it, for them, it's it's a matter of of getting those full forty minutes with with the Isaiah Wongs that that they have. And they can just they put so much pressure on their opponents to keep up scoring. Uh, but when you look at Duke, uh, I, I love the way they they've come into this tournament playing. Uh, they're they're seem like they're starting to mature. Um, you know, they have the 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 experienced guard uh, Roach who kind of closed out North Carolina in in their game. Um, so if I'm pressed between those two, uh, I'm gonna go like with what Matthew is saying. I'm I'm leaning Miami. I'm leaning Miami too, but I could very well see Duke, especially with the Greensboro crowd taking it. Um I, I don't see someone out of the bottom half of the bracket making it all the way through um and knocking either one of those off in, in the end. So I, I think it's coming out of Miami and Duke and, and I'm I'm leaning Duke. I mean Miami, sorry. I like it. And who do you guys got for your um, newcomer of the year this year, would you say? Mm-hmm. I'll give you mine. <laughs> Wait, am I on mute? Sorry. Jeff, 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 who's your newcomer of the year in the ACC? 
Uh, I've really, I've really liked Applebee there at Wake Forest. That's who I have too. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I was at the game when he went bananas against North Carolina and uh, broke the free throw record. Um, So hard for me to pick against that or argue against that. But, you know, I just like uh, Omie from Arkansas State, the transfer at Miami now. Um, He was just such a That's a good pick. Yeah, I mean, he was just such a dominant force at Arc State. Um, as a fan of all levels of basketball, it always makes me a little sad when uh, they lose a guy like that. But for his sake, he has to go. And um, obviously Miami took care of him well, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, between him and DJ Burns at NC State, I mean, those guys, I love great big men with, with sweet feet, and they both have it. Um, so, you know, I, I know Omie's uh, numbers are better, but um, both are just big-time uh, big, big time personnel when it comes to winning basketball games. And that's to me more important than any stat. Yeah. And, and Burns, I, I, I really like him too, because he just looks like he has fun playing. I mean, it's a game oh, yeah. and, awesome. and, and yeah. And, 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 you know, it's, I, I know we get into all the business stuff all the time and there's all this going on, you know, in the background, but it's, it's good to see, you know, just just college athletes just look like they're having fun out there and that that's what i see when i see burns um you know for nc state and not that anyone else isn't but you know he just seems to just be having a good time every every time out on the court i love that yep i couldn't agree more um you know strangely enough i was i was down in uh the charlotte area in may last may off season and at the time, Burns was still part of the Winthrop program. Uh, he hadn't transferred yet or even entered the portal. Um, and I, they were doing spring workouts, and I came down to um, Rock Hill, did a, uh, checked out a Winthrop practice, and it was so cool. I got to chat with him. Um, he had a little foot issue, so I didn't see him practice or anything, but it was just cool to get to know that guy a little bit. And, uh, you know, the year before, I'm a, originally a Washington guy out of the Pac-12, and uh, Winthrop actually beat Washington last year, <laughs> and the big reason why DJ Burns. That you know, Rocco, I have to tell you, I love I love Washington's basketball facility. That I love their I love their stadium. It's just it's just terrific. Yeah, I mean the the the, the you know the foundation of it's over a hundred years old. Um, goes back to the eighteen hundreds actually. So um, it's really cool. Like eventually, it got renovated over the years. And uh, so it's modern on the inside, but you still get the amazing architecture of the outside and the glass uh, with the sunlight coming in. And um, it, it is really unique. I'm glad that people nationally recognize it. Um, it's, uh, you know, when the team's good, we saw it, in, especially around the time I was around when 05, 06, in 05, they got the number one seed in the West. In 06, they probably should have gone to the final four, but lost a heartbreaker to UConn and OT. Um, the, the, the place was just, it, when it gets loud, it's just one of the loudest places you'll ever go to. Um, they just have to figure out how to get the get that level of product back where they can compete with the UCLA's and Arizona's of the world. Definitely, definitely. Jeff, what do you got for your open mic, friend? Yeah, just to... Just a little shout out for the for the women's basketball uh, today. I know that you had a great day, Matthew, with the Virginia Tech uh, 
hokey uh, lady basketball team winning the ACC tournament. Um, I've seen a couple bracketologists come out for the women's basketball tournament, and they've got Virginia Tech competing there for one of the number one um, number one seeds in that tournament. So that would be a, a tremendous accomplishment uh, for Virginia Tech in addition to the title to be a number one seed if that works out. Uh, most bracketologists have eight ACC teams in a tournament, um, along with Virginia Tech, uh, Notre Dame in the field, Duke, the Duke Blue Devils, Louisville Cardinals, Florida State, uh, Miami, North Carolina, and NC State. So the ACC women are going to be well represented in their tournament. And I know South Carolina is going to be a, a tall task to over overcome for anyone in 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 the tournament i've already heard a couple people say they'll take south carolina against the field but um virginia tech's going to be one of those teams on the short list that that's going to have a chance to you know to, to win a national championship if you're number one seed you're you're on that short list um south carolina is going to be your heavy favorite but um great season already for the Hokies. definitely definitely rocco Thank you so much for joining us on the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. One last question before we before we go, and we always do this with our guests: Is there anything that you, anything else that you want to plug? Any Twitter accounts? Any of your any of the people that are working with you at your site? Their Twitter accounts. The floor is yours, friend. Plug anything you want. Yeah, hey, appreciate that again. Uh, yeah, no, I would just say if anybody's listening from. Um, college basketball programs, you know, we, we also are a consultant to, uh, I'm a consultant directly to help with uh, non-conference scheduling. We love getting into that. That that will pick up as soon as the Final Four is over. Um, I will also be, if anybody listening or, or if either of you, uh, be down at uh, the Final Four week in Houston. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. It's always a great week to network with people in the community. Um, and I'm always available to uh, meet on any of those days throughout the week uh, leading up to the games on Final Four week. And then lastly, I would say, um, you know, this this coming week, you know, I'm getting ready to fly out to Las Vegas. So if you're interested in the West Coast Conference, we got we should have some good semifinals tomorrow. Uh, Gonzaga takes on San Francisco. Uh, St. Mary's takes on BYU. Obviously, I think people expect Gonzaga St. Mary's on Tuesday in the championship. Uh, but regardless of what that looks like, I will be there with live coverage. We're bringing a couple people down um, and we'll be courtside. So it's always a good time. Uh, so if you're interested in those games, we'll be having some really good footage, interviews, um, and we're just going to have a lot of fun with it. It's Vegas after all. So, um, yeah, check out that. We're, it'll be a great week. Rocco, thanks again for joining us on the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast, the longest running independent ACC podcast in the United States. Have a great time in Vegas, and thanks for joining us, Rocco. And my pleasure, gentlemen. I had, a, I had a great time. Thanks for having me on. All right. Take care. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you.